This is the MMA Takes Podcast With your host, Brian Petrie I won't play the jingle again, but it is there until fight week This is UFC Fight Island 3 Pickums, I guess is what we're going with That's the official hashtag uh, July 25th, we got 15 fights, boys We got 15 fights Holy smokes. Um, what I'm going to do a little bit different. I, I teased it on the last podcast. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do, um, if you are a listener to the podcast, which is the most important thing, um, what's well, all important, I guess, right? You're going to, you're going to hear all the picks. You're going to hear all of them. I'm, gonna, I'm obviously go top to bottom prelims, whatever, all the way up. And then, uh, and then I'm going to record and, and film. I, I, I've been doing a little, uh, keynote thing today, like uh, like it's like I'm back in high school again. It's like keynotes, basically max PowerPoint, making a little PowerPoint thing. I'm gonna record it, put that on the YouTube. That'll be just for the main card. But since you listen to the podcast, you're obviously hearing this part. You're listening uh, from the start up. I appreciate it because uh, the people who maybe will just listen to it via or see it whatever via YouTube won't get the uh, full experience. And I got some fucking picks. I dove deep. There's I. <clears throat> I question a lot of these picks. We'll get into all of it, obviously. I question a lot of these because there were some underdogs that, that that were definitely risky and definitely like I wanted to take. Anybody can just take chalk. Um, but yeah, I, I fucking, I dove in. I, I, and, and, I think I like it. I think I like it. Uh, but yeah, 15 fights, boys. Before we get started, because we got a lot of fights to go over, so I don't want to delay anymore. Um, I don't know. If I have anything like, I thought I had a story to tell, but never mind. Anyway, so what I wanted to get to before, if I had any personal bullshit, Devin Tejada, you know him, you love him, right? I'll never question this guy's fandom ever, right? This guy is is a hardcore fan, just like I am. He loves the sports. It's the only sport he watches. I can't even say that. I love football, right? Football's like my number number one, number two sport with with MMA, and then I and I dabble in baseball with the Reds and. I watch NBA playoffs and stuff like that, but you know, football and MMA are, are, are my two. Devin loves just MMA. He doesn't watch anything else. He fucking fishes. However, we have a group text, and uh, you know, he trolls me. He tries to, right? Because I, I stick by my mans. He has no loyalty. The guy has no loyalty to anybody. Um, I have a list of my guys where you know he'll get me riled up and we'll start having debates and whatnot like that. And I'll defend my guy. That's one of the th- benefits of being my guy is I'll defend you endlessly. Now I'm not going to just make up shit. I'm going to say things that I believe. And I like to argue. You know, I'm pretty good at it. And I asked the old wife. But uh, he went on a, a little rant um, the other day, I think, in our little group text about uh, Darren Till. And about how he doesn't think Darren Till's good and Robert Whitaker should beat him and all this stuff. And then, and then he said... You know, and I, he was like, well, what's his biggest win? Like, we're having a debate. And I go, well, it's Stephen Thompson, Kevin Gossam. And he goes, well, Kevin Gossam's trash. And I go, oh, hang on. Oh, hang on a second there, right? Kevin Gossam, three fights skid, right? I mean, he looked not great in the Darren Till fight. I'll give you that, right? Looked a little gun shy. Looked great in the Izzy fight. And then he looked obviously not great in the Hermanson fight by getting caught. But I think he's a talented fighter, right? It's the easiest thing in the world to sit there after a guy goes 0-3 and go, he's trash, he's a bum, he was never good. Devin doubled down and said, listen, I uh, I, I got to question Izzy as well. You know, because if Izzy, you know, had that war with Gaslam, then I got to question him too because Gaslam's not that good. This is what Devin's saying. So I said, hey, remember... <clears throat> we do a podcast, we do a pick podcast 
Gaslam and Darren Till was on UFC 244, which we picked. So I have audio audio of you. Um, not even you know what I guess a year ago. If it, if it was a year ago, I'm not really sure that when the date. No, it wasn't a year ago yet. So less than a year ago, your opinion has changed that much. That's kind of the easy way out because listen. Uh, you, you see people do with Johnny Hendricks, right? Johnny Hendricks was the guy to beat GSP. A lot of people thought Johnny Hendricks beat GSP, and what happens, right? He finally gets the title after GSP retires, and then he loses like every fight after that, and everyone's like, he's a bomb, he's trash. No, Johnny Hendricks is pretty fucking good. Something happened where he won the title and he gave up, but you, you can't discredit what he did prior to that, right? So it's the easiest thing in the world to jump on that. So without further ado, I had, uh, I pulled, I pulled the footage. I pulled the receipts on my guy. Um, again, biggest fan in the world, no loyalty, right? He changed. He is the most, you know, what have you done for me lately? Kind of guy The the, the most recent guy that fought on a card is if he looked good, he's the future champion, right? This is, this is the guy that I'm dealing with via text, right? He calls me delusional. He says, you'll defend your guy no matter what, you know, blah, 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 all this weird stuff. But, you know, I got the receipts, so I'm going to play them. And before, I, I want to limit this to like a minute, so I don't, I, I pick first. So what you're going to hear is Devin kind of explaining why he's picking against Till. And I picked Darren Till, and when I picked Darren Till, Devin laughed at me, audibly laughed at me. You can go find it. It's all, If you want to listen to the whole podcast yourself, it's UFC 244. It's it's buried in there and, and you know on iTunes or, or wherever you get them. So you're going to hear Devin Tejada explaining why Kelvin Gaslam is going to beat Darren Till. Here we go. But um, just like what Masvidal did, like Masvidal was slick and caught him. Um, used that switch that that switch that uh, stopped part of orthodox and just fucking, you know, caught him. And I think that, I don't think that Kelvin Gastelum is as slick as Masvidal, but I think that for every bit that he lacks in his little, in his slickness, he has the power. And Kelvin Gastelum is also slick. He's really, really good at getting on the inside. He has good footwork. He can potentially gas, but this isn't a five-round fight. Everything that would give everything that would give Darren Till any any edge on this would have to be a five-round fight, which it's not. Um, and I, I really think Kelvin Gastelum's probably going to finish him here because if you look at every fight that Kelvin Gastelum has ever been in, he's always rocked every one of his opponents. And I don't know if Till has a recovery can recover from what Kelvin is going to be there to give him. Uh, I think 185 is a great division for Kelvin Gastelum because he has a weird size thing. It might not be a larger advantage, but his size may be an advantage to him. Like you said, car his cardio thing, but also I feel like, um, you know, his fight with Adesanya, part of the cardio is him getting fucked wrong. So less than a year ago, Kevin Gaslam was really slick, really powerful, um, got rocked by Adesanya in a war. And I'm sure there's a million more audio clips of him saying what a close fight that was. He, um, but now Kevin Gaslam's trash, and you can't count that as a good win for Darren Till. Hmm. Um, okay. Okay, weirdo. Okay, uh, weird guy. I'm just going to leave you with that. I'm not going to even say anything else. I think that is is proof enough that this guy is a fucking flip-flopper. I hope Devin doesn't get into politics because he would get eaten alive. Let's go to the pick -ums. Here we go, baby. 15 fights. 
15 fucking good ones. A lot of interesting fights on there. A lot of European talent. A lot of guys make some guys making their debuts. Excuse me. Some late minute replacements. Some guys I'm actually really excited to see. Like basically all of Darren Till's fucking uh all of his teammates are 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 making a making a start here. Uh, it's gonna be sick. Okay, first fight of the night: Nathaniel Wood, sixteen and four. He's a minus four fifty favorite. He is fighting John Castoreda. Castoreda. There you go. He's six seventeen and four. Excuse me, plus three fifty. Um, lines really wide. Nathaniel Wood was supposed to fight uh, um, Khabib's cousin Umar. Uh, obviously Khabib's father passed away. So a lot of, uh, his teammates and whatnot pulled out obviously for respect and, and all that stuff. So understandable. Nate Wood, Nathaniel Wood, really good prospect here. Got slept by, uh, not slept, but got finished by John, uh, Dotson his last time out. Very close fight. One, one going to the third, got caught with the left hand and, and, and got put out. This guy is a Brad Pickett pupil. <clears throat> He's very hittable. Good stand up. Good on the ground. I think maybe even a little better on the ground, but he likes to stand up. He has good chokes. He has good rear naked choke. Good cardio. He looks to be in tremendous shape. John Casareto is a guy who from Minnesota got a wrestling background, decent on the ground. Um, took this fight on fairly short notice. He's an exciting fighter. He, he's really good in the scrambles. He's durable. He's tough. Coming from a small gym up there. Um, I'm not really sure if he if he if he cross trains elsewhere. But from what I've saw, it looks like he stayed in in Minnesota. Um, which uh, besides Greg Nelson, there's not a ton of gyms out there, but he's a scrappy guy. He's, he's exciting. This is a good, this is a good call up for the UFC. This is a guy who, who should have been in the UFC probably a couple fights ago. Unfortunately, he's getting Nathaniel Wood. Um, you know, I want to go a huge underdog here at plus three fifty. I have other underdogs circled, so I'm going to go Nathaniel Wood. I'm going to go. I'm going to go straight chalk here at minus four fifty. I just don't think you can bet that Nathaniel Woods only had maybe three or four fights in UFC. I think he's three and one. He's only had one loss. Kind of an ugly one to John Dotson. John Dotson, you just can't fucking. You can't finish the guy. You can't. You know what I mean. You got to just hope for a decision, right? He fights at his own pace, but he still can crack, right? He still got. He still has that left hand, and and he caught Nathaniel Wood in a pretty entertaining fight. But um, I think Nathaniel Wood's gonna maybe if, if the fight goes to the ground, he'll surprise a little bit with with his uh, his scrambles himself. I don't think he's gonna out wrestle Casareda, but I do think that he's going to. Um, Probably put Casarita in some positions with with some chokes that might not be so friendly to wrestlers. You know, wrestlers typically you can catch them in in some kind of front choke, some kind of you know darts, whatever. Um, and Nathaniel Woods got really good chokes, and he looks to be in incredible shape. I, I like this kid's motivation. He's young. He's got a good record. I think he's a little embarrassed by losing to Dotson. So this is a big fight for him. So I'm going to go with him. I don't like the line. The line's a little high. I probably won't bet this. 15 fights. This is probably one of the most fights I've ever seen on UFC card. So I'm going to have to bet at least eight. Over half of them, this is probably not one I'm going to touch. All right, next up, Ramazan Amiv, who is 18 and 4. He's a minus 390. I can't read my own handwriting. 390 favorite. He's finding Nikolas Stolze, who was 12 and 3, a plus 310 underdog. Nikolas uh, from Germany has a lot of good hype around him, has some good wins. A lot of German fighters, they come in the OC and they do pretty well in the beginning. Um, I don't know. I mean, German MMA, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, you, you got Seaver who who branched out, and yeah, Stolze, and then you got that one guy I can't fucking remember his name, little fucking stout, bricked up dude, but I can't remember his fucking name. But this kid's got a lot of hype. A lot of people I like uh, really like this kid. I went and looked up some footage of him. You know, he's a really good striker. He's talented on his feet, pretty well-rounded. He's going to have problems with probably the grappling aspect of this fight. And you're matching him up with a Ramazan Meev who is a very boring fighter. He's that typical Russian fucking, I'm going to wear on you, I'm going to do this. 
His last time out, though, he lost Anthony Rocco Martin, who who I think is a good grappler himself, a good wrestler, but not world class in my opinion. And, and Ramazan uh, uh, dropped a fucking decision. So when you're giving me a talent like this, even though it's a bad matchup in Amiv, Amiv is a bad matchup for Nicholas Stolze, but Stolze still has power. He still has that kickboxing uh, background. He knows what he's getting into. I, I think he took this fight on fairly short notice. So, um, you know, he's probably going to go out there guns a-blazing. And at plus 310, why not take a shot with fucking, you know, a, this guy landing a shot? You know what I mean? You say, I did that. It's playing words, baby. Um, I'm gonna pick the underdog here. I'm gonna go Stolze, and, and it, it's it's weird because Amiv has never really impressed me in, in, in the UFC. I re, I didn't watch his his two wins, but I did watch his Anthony Rocco Martin fight, and the guy is just what you expect a Russian fighter to be. Stolze though, good power, takes his time. I think he can maybe catch him. If not, he's just gonna get laid on for three rounds and you know get crotch sniffed as as my boy uh, as my boy fucking uh Jorge Masvidal says. So with plus 310 though if that line was any lower I I'm not going to touch it. This is a fight that I might even, you know, sprinkle a little bit of money on. It's not my most confident underdog pick, but again, when you're giving me plus 310 money, I'm going to have to take it there. All right, next up you got Beth Clay who's 11 and 4 and 1, excuse me. She's a plus 126 underdog. She's fighting Panny Kazad, who is 12 and 5 and a minus 148 favorite. Um, the only female fighter in this card, I believe, Betch Kohei. Uh, one of the most annoying people in the world, Betch Kohei, right? I mean, it's just watching her lose makes me so happy. I don't really have any vindictive things about any women's fighters or whatever. I think she's the only one I don't love, right? Like when Ronda knocked her out, I think she pooped her pants or something like that. Check the footage. I'm pretty sure she shit her pants. Uh, Penny Gazad is a girl who's fought a lot of tough girls. She has a couple losses with some really high-level women uh, in, in this uh, in this thing. She's coming off a win over Jessica Rose Clark, who's no joke. Julia Villa beat her in the UFC debut, and Julia's been been killing it. I'm going to go with Penny. I'm going to go with the, uh, the favorite here. Excuse me. She's minus 148. Um, again, you know me, my strict rule, I don't, I don't bet a lot of women's fights, you know, they're unpredictable. You know, I pick with my brain and I like to think I can predict fights. And this is one of those fights that, you know, it's a little unpredictable. I I doubt Betch all the time. She might come out and look great. I just think she's really slow. I think Panny's going to get off to a good start here and, uh, I'm going to rock with a favorite. All right, next up, you got Hathiel Pezo, who's 10 and one. He is a, excuse me. Plus 215 underdog. He's fighting Tanner Bozier, who is 18-6 and 1. He's a minus 260 favorite. Tanner called a shot. One at Maurice Green on uh on Fight Island. Maurice Green, I think, uh got suspended or got hurt or something. I don't fucking know. They had a bunch of beef, but Tanner looked fucking fantastic his last time out. This kid, I'm glad he got a turnaround because he looked in phenomenal shape. He finished uh, the PFL champ, I can't remember his name, in the first round, won money on that. Um, I call him the Canadian Roy Nelson. I call him Canadian Bacon, whatever it is. He's got a fucking flowy mullet. Um, he moves really well. He's got power. Um, he's not really a finisher, in my opinion, but he did finish his last time out, and and he looks to be in incredible shape. If he looks anything like he did when he fought a month ago or whatever it was, then this could be a problem. Pesal's a guy who, um, I don't know if I've seen a ton of him. 
He's a big, lonky, a lonky, big, lanky dude. He got arm triangle choked by Cyril Gagne and then he decisioned Jeff Hughes in, in a pretty boring fight. I do remember the Jeff Hughes fight and the Gagne fight. I remember Gagne uh, being this world-class kickboxer and taking this dude down and fucking arm triangle choking him, squeezing his goddamn head off his neck. Uh, I'm going to go Bozier here. He is a big favorite, but I like him. I'm going to bet him as well. Minus 260. I have luck betting Bozier. I think he's going to move really well. Um, he's going to be a little undersized because I think Paisal is pretty big. How big is Paisal? I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. Okay, six three, so he's not that big. Never mind. His arms look really long. He looked like he was like six ten in that picture. Um, I'm gonna go Bozier either way. Bozier moves really well. Has good leg kicks. Probably gonna win the decision here. If if he comes out and finishes, pays out, then we got a fucking ranked heavyweight on our hands here. Bozier is a guy that you can look at ranked. I think he's not ranked right now in the top fifteen, which I think is criminal. I know he lost to Gagne, but Gagne is a fucking savage. But you put him in that ranked top fifteen after if he gets a knockout over pace out back to back knockouts. Uh, we love it. We love that MMA, especially fucking heavyweight MMA. The big boy's got a crack there, so I'm gonna go Bozier here, and I'm gonna bet it minus two sixty. I think is a you know Bozier is gonna be a favorite, but I think that's a decent number. It's a playable number in my opinion. All right, next up Mosvar. <sighs> Evilov, he is 12 and 0, undefeated. Someone's O's got to go. Minus 210. Actually, no, Grundy's, Grundy's not undefeated. Minus 210. Anyways, fight Mike Grundy, 12 and 1, plus 176 underdog. Uh, Evilov is a minus 210 fight, if, if I did not pronounce that right. Mike Grundy is a guy I heard a lot about um, prior to him making his UFC debut. He is like, he was the wrestling coach for Till's, um, for Till's uh, camp. Or something like that. He was Darren Till's wrestling coach for a while. He is a pretty decent grappler. I believe he won his UFC debut. He beat Namorini by punches. Um, this guy's really slick on the ground, though. His only loss is by triangle choke over Damien Stasiak. Uh, that was a while ago, though. This kid's strong. This kid is a good wrestler. He's big for 145. He's powerful. Evilov has never lost. That's why he's the favorite here. Um, Grundy is is a solid guy who's got some power in his hands, has really good cardio, and I think has decent wrestling. I know English English fighters typically don't have the best grappling or the best wrestling in and when they do, they get in, they get matched up with a guy who has really good wrestling, like Mosvar has really good grappling, really good sambo. Um, he's kind of a decision fighter. He's not really a finisher. I again at plus one seventy six, I'm going to go Grundy. I'm going to go underdog here, another underdog play. I think Grundy could possibly stop the takedowns of Evilov, and 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 he has a little bit of power on his feet, and he might even be able to get takedowns of his own. You know, you put a Russian on his back, that you know they don't really like that. Both have similar experience, 12 and 1, 12 and 0. Um, plus 176. I actually thought this line was a little, little higher than it was. Evilov has never really blown me away on paper. Um, I know he's a talent. I know he's a young kid. A lot of people like him. But uh, and Grundy's a little bit unknown, right? Coming from England, and, and he has a that style that a lot of people don't it doesn't jump off the page and got the finish in his UFC debut was a while ago. Um, again, this is like team. Kyle Bond uh, night here because the next fight is another team Kyle Bond. But I'm going to go Grundy. I'm going to go, go Grundy with uh, with probably a decision win. I don't know if he's going to finish him because uh, Evilov is a, is, a, is a tough, durable kid. Uh, at least he's shown that so far. But I'm going to go Grundy. All right, next up, Jake Collier, 11-4. He is a plus 190 underdog. He's fighting Tom Aspinall, who is 7-2. He's a minus 230 favorite. Send, send him, him home. home. Send him home early. Send him home. This is my send him home on a night. Tom Aspinall, big heavyweight. I've seen sparring sessions with uh, with Darren Till, and this kid can crack. He, he's in there with some of the elite, elite guys. Jake Collin, this guy's fought at 185, 205. He hasn't fought in like five years. You never know when he fights. I didn't even know this guy was signed to the UFC. Has a decent grappling background. 
But I just think Tom is going to be too big here at heavyweight for him. Too big, too strong. I think he's in there working. Again, I've seen the sparring footage of him. I've seen the tape uh, tape study of him. I think he's a fucking tough, tough kid. He's going to come in here, and I think he's going to he's gonna catch Collier early. Um, a first or second round knockout for sure. I think Tom Espinol is going to enter the UFC uh, right here. He's number ranked uh, heavyweight, number eighth ranked heavyweight in the uh, UK, Ireland area. Uh, you know, not much to say, you know, right? Because he's making his UFC debut. Caller hasn't fought in forever. Um, but I'm going to go Aspinall. I'm going to go with the favorite. He's a little high, 230, making his UFC debut. Caller not getting a lot of respect, but I do like uh, I do like the number. Again, I'm probably going to play this fight. I think Aspinall is just going to be a little too big for him and, uh, and powerful as well. I think uh, Caller hasn't been all that active. He's going to slow down. If the fight moves on um, past a certain, you know, first round, I think even, uh, he'll slow down. Um, so I'm going to go Aspinall. I'm going to go big boy. I'm going to go debut heavyweight. The guy from Liverpool. All right, next up, Nicholas Darby, 18-3-1. He's a minus 290 favorite. He is fighting Jesse Ronson, 21-10. and 10. He's a plus 235. Darby's a guy that I feel like doesn't get a lot of respect. He's got a good record. He has a draw of Darren Till. His three losses are only from the UFC. He was undefeated. He's undefeated outside the UFC. Those three losses apparently were happening when he was going through really big ba- uh, bad bouts of alcoholism, um, which is not good. He cleaned himself up, got a shot in the UFC, came back, beat uh, Cowboy Oliveira, uh, which he was an underdog for that. Got that right, by the way. Um, but he's just a scrappy dude. He's not really great everywhere. He's he's primarily gonna rough you up and grind you up and take you down. And 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 you know he's tough on the feet. He's durable. I mean he can strike a little bit, but he's in shape, and he's just a fucking dog. I mean there was a fight that he had a fight. Uh, I don't know a no contest fight or or, or I think maybe no contest or or was it um or, or they did I think it had been no contest. The fight was so bloody that they had to stop it. The mat was covered in blood, and I'm not sure if it's his blood or his opponent's blood, but they literally had to stop it. That happened in the UK. They had to fucking stop the fight because it was too bloody. Jesse Ronson's taking this fight on fairly short notice. This is his second skid, I believe, in the UFC. Uh, Danny Roberts supposed to fight uh, Nicholas Dalby, but uh, Jesse Ronson, a guy who, again, not overly impressed with. Um, I mean, let me look at his record again. I looked him up earlier. So he's got some wins, obviously. He fought in the PFL. He lost twice in the PFL. Um, who did he fight in the UFC? I know he fought a couple good names. Okay, so he came from the ultimate. So Michael Praseris, you know, Francisco Trotter, and Kevin Lee. So he had a little bit of a, a, a rough patch in the UFC, I guess. I mean, he fought all guys who have decent records and, and possibly are still with the UFC. I don't know if uh, uh, Michelle Praseris is with the UFC anymore, but Kevin Lee and Trinaldo. Trinaldo's fighting in this fucking car. He's fighting next. Um... So, yeah, I mean, Jesse Ronson, again, a guy's never blown me away. He lost in the PFL. He lost in the UFC. I feel like maybe the bright lights kind of affect him. He's got 10 losses. Maybe this is, you know, I hate to say it, but maybe he's just a regional Canadian fighter that does really well on Canadian soil, but when he gets a big shot, he kind of falls apart. This is a really bad matchup for him, in my opinion. Dalby is is a solid, solid dude everywhere. I just don't see this happening. I see a, I see a decision uh, with Dalby. He is high. Coming off an underdog, he is high. Ronson isn't that incapable. But again, I, I think it's the bright lights. It's Abu Dhabi. It's Fight Island. Um, I think he's going to fold on that pressure. And Dalby is just, again, is just a fucking savage. A guy that's super underrated, I'm telling you. 18-3-1. I know he's got three losses in UFC, but um, I think this kid's going to be a really, really tough out at 170 for a lot of people. He's big. He's strong. Good cardio. Good chin. And uh, it, once he starts putting a little more skills together, because right now he's just kind of a grinder, 
<clears throat> he's in your face, rough and tough kind of guy. When he puts his skills together, he's gonna be he's gonna be a fucking issue. I'm telling you, he's, he's a solid, solid guy. All right, next up, Francisco Trinaldo, who's 25 and seven. He is a minus 174 favorite. He's fighting Jay Herbert, who's 10 and one. Herbert making his UFC debut. Get a little drink there. Um, this was a tough fight for me to pick, right? So my saying is, you know, there's a saying in college football, you don't win money. I think it's even in the NFL too. You don't win money betting against Alabama. You don't win money betting against the Patriots. You don't win money in the UFC. Or UFC. You don't win money in MMA gambling if you don't take some underdogs. You can't pick chalk, right? I see it every weekend. A guy's bragging about how he went eight and zero in the main card, or five, excuse me, five or six and zero in the main card. And you know, I'm but you pick all the favorites, right? You know what I mean? Like when guys go, I went seven to one. Yeah, but the one you missed was the underdog because you're picking all favorites. It's the easiest thing in the world. It's not easy to win money betting MMA. It's one, in my opinion, is one of the hardest sports to bet. They have a fight. There's 15 fights, right? If I play the wrong fights, I'm down, right? I'm not even getting into it. Anyway, Jay Herbert, an interesting guy here, good striker. Um, he actually, he actually lost uh, his only loss to Reese McKee, who who took the fight on short notice, fighting Kazmat, which is the next fight, which uh, we'll get to. Um, they list as a prelim, but I believe that's going to be kick off the main card. Anyway, Jay Herbert, talented guy. I heard a lot about him. I've seen some training footage of him. He's a savage. Like he's he's tough. This is long overdue, in my opinion. I know he's only got 11 fights, but this kid's six one. He's 32. Um, he's 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 solidly built for this division. He's a knockout artist. Um, I like this kid a lot. Francisco Trinaldo looks like the dad from Friday. I mean, without, without fucking questioning, looks like the dad from Friday. Um, he's like a thousand years old, but he's solid, right? He's a solid guy. He gets in there. He looks really hard to win against. And if you win against him, you don't look good against him, right? He's fought fucking everybody. You look at this guy's record. Let's break down this guy's record for a second. This guy's fought everybody. John McDessie, Bobby Green, Alex Hernandez, Evan Dunham, James Vick, Jim Miller, Kevin Lee, Paul Felder, Yancey Medeiros, uh, Ross Pearson, Chad LaPreeze, Norman Park. I mean, these are guys, Michael Chiesa, excuse me, and keep going, Jesse Ronson, who's fighting, uh, Peter Holman, which was the guy from Germany, I think, Gleason Tabau. Like, this guy has fought fucking everybody. He was on the very first season of the Brazilian Ultimate Fighter. He fought 185 pounds because that was the only spot available. He's like, fuck it. Yeah, I'll do it. This kid's tough. For Not even a kid. I, I think he's like 100 years old. I don't know how old he is. I'm going to go Jay Herbert. I'm going to go fucking underdog. And you smell that? Dogs. Dogs. You like dogs? Oh, dogs. Sure. I like dogs. This is MMA Takes. Underdog lock in the night. Listen, it, it, it was it was a tough, tough pick of who was my underdog lock in the night. I, I had an eye on another guy. But I just think Jay Herbert, young. Or, I mean, 32, so he's, he's right in his prime. He's in shape. He's shred city. He's got knockout power. Trinaldo likes to stand up. I know he doesn't get finished often if he has ever been finished. He's as durable as they come. But And he's fought literally everybody. I went through the fucking list. He has fought everybody. But I just like Jay Herbert's talent right here. I mean, one loss. He has power. The only issue I have is if he slows down, then that's going to be a problem because Francisco Trinaldo is not fucking slowing now. Trinaldo can go three rounds. If Herbert has a good first round, starts taking the gas off the second round, I can see a weird decision happening here. But I'm taking Jay Herbert as my underdog lock. I'm playing this. I'm playing this. I'm playing this. All right, main card time. Welcome. What's up, YouTube? Kind of an awkward setup here. I got a lot of shit on my desk. I need to get a little... Let me fix that camera a little bit. So what you're seeing here, baby, is... 
be easy with the graphics, okay? I made this in Keynote. Relax on me. I got to get this mic right. Okay, here we go. All right, so looking at the camera, looking at the monitor, looking at the mic. I got a lot of shit to look at, but we're here, YouTube. Let's go. All right, main card time. This is, uh, it's listed as a prelim, but this is going to be the main card right here. We got Kazmat Shimarov, which I know I'm pronouncing his name right. I don't give a fuck. Minus 1,100. He is fighting... Reese McKee, and I know it's Reese and not Rise. I looked him up. He's 10 2 and 1. Excuse me, Kazmat 7 0, plus 700 underdog. Woo! That is, that is rich right there. Listen, Kazmat's had one fight in UFC. He called for a second fight. He's getting it, right? Reese McKee taking us on six days' notice. He's coming from Cage Warriors. Cage Warriors breeds champions, they breed fucking winners. I think I saw a stat that said 96. Fighters from Cage Warrior are now fighting in the UFC. That is crazy. Reese McKee, 10-2-1. The Skeletor, he's long, he's lanky. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. He didn't blow me away when I watched him. He's very patient. He doesn't have big power in the world. He's a lot of cum uh, cum uh, accumulation of punches, right? Like Kind of like a Diaz, but doesn't not as active. Um, but he's a solid, solid prospect. And he's a minus 700, which I find very interesting. Very interesting. Um, Kazmat, again, everyone's on this dick. My guy, Devin Tejada, all over it. Slobbing all over this guy. He looked good, but guys, he fought John Phillips, who has zero ground game. He looked good. That was at 185. This is at 170. He's cutting the weight. But he fought John Phillips. I mean, no disrespect to John Phillips, but he fought John Phillips, right? So... With that being said, if you are a Kazmat family member, I can understand you playing Kazmat, but how do you not play Reese McKee and baby, baby, it's a risky business, but this guy, I know we're moving on right here on the screen, but let me talk Reese McKee. I think he's going to have a little bit better takedown defense. I hope he does. He's going to be a little more calmer on the ground than Phillips. Phillips was just trying to get up, giving up position. But he's a long, lengthy guy. Those guys are usually hard to hold down with the long arms and long legs. He's not a crazy submission threat. Kazman is a beast. I don't love the weight cut on 10 days. I don't love the fact that he just fought recently. I know he's only 7-0. I think people need to pump a break. 7-0, a minus-1100 favorite. That is insane. Now, I could obviously... You can put show this video to me when he becomes the next Khabib. But guess what? He's not the next Khabib right now, okay? I'm taking Reese McKee, and that's all there is to it. Huge underdog guy. Plus $700. $100 down, I win $700. Yeah. Okay, I'm a gambling man. I'm going to take that. It's risky. Granted, it's risky, but I'm fucking taking it. Next up, you got Cowboy Alex Oliveira, 21-8-1. and one. He is a minus-168 favorite. He is fighting Peter. Peter? Peter Sabata, who's 17, 6, and 1. Sabata, German born. And apparently, Germany is like huge for video games. Because I'm I was this is off topic. I was wondering why the EA Sports, why Pascal Krauss was in the video game for like 100 years. The guy hasn't fought in forever. Apparently, Germany is like the hub of video games. Who knew? Sabata, German, put him in the game. I, you know, this is an interesting fight. Sabata has decent submissions on the ground. He has an interesting triangle. He's primarily a striker, though. I like him on the feet. Oliveira. I just found out the motherfucker has 10 kids. 10 kids. Solid guys fought everybody. Didn't look great his timeout. He's slowing down a little bit. Like this guy's cardio isn't what it used to be. He likes to grapple. Um, he, he, he is. He does have submissions himself. I can see him submitting Sabata. I can also see him just fading Sabata, chipping away with leg kicks, punches, whatnot. 
Cowboy Oliveira is as tough as they come. He's as durable as they come. But, you know, it's a tough fight. It's a really tough fight. I just, I'm trying to give you the best bang for your buck. And I'm not picking these fights uh, because I'm on YouTube right now. If you listen to the podcast, if you're a fan, go download it takes podcasts on Spotify and iTunes. Um, this is how I pick. I pick fucking winners and I'm picking Peter Sabata here. Underdog winner here. I lo- I just I just think he's gonna outpoint Cowboy Oliveira. I think Oliveira's gonna slow down and I think he's gonna pick him apart. You know, I think the first round's gonna be interesting. Oliveira's really strong in the first round, but I think eventually I think uh I, I think he's gonna get picked apart a little bit by Sabata and uh I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be an interesting fight. Not really sure why this landed on the main card. Um, probably because Germany has a, a huge inf- MMA influence. Germany, I guess, runs the fucking world. Um, but yeah, so um, Sabata, underdog, baby. Underdog play. Like, go. Next up, Paul Craig. Paul Craig. He's Scotland. <laughs> That's pretty fucking good Scottish accent. He's 12, 4, and 1. He's a minus 108. Pick him, underdog favorites. A dead even hit. Uh, okay, don't laugh at me because I'm going to try to pronounce his name. The first name is what gets me. Yazimarad and Tigilov. And Tigilov. He's 20 and 6. He's a minus 108. Uh, pick him. This line's moving. I got this today on FanDuel. They both were minus 108. Paul Craig's like, uh, this guy had a draw with Shogun. It was kind of a weird fight. He also got uh, Magamav and Kalayev. He submitted him with like a second to go. He's as tough as they come. Like, you got to put him out or, or he's always in the fight. He's going to always be in the fight. The Bear Jew is what they call him. Um, Antigulov's a guy that is strong, he's durable, uh, his cardio's okay. This is kind of a weird fight for me. I, don't, I you know, I, I went back and forth. I can understand why the line is what it is. Some experts, some people that I, I, I respect are picking Antigulov, and I respect him, so I'm going to pick it too. This is kind of a who cares fight. I really don't care about this fight if I'm being completely honest, which I always am. I don't really care too much about this fight. Kind of a weird fight. I care about a couple more fights in the prelims. Maybe they should have switched it around. UFC, hire me. Let me build your cards. Let me let me set the battle order because some of this doesn't make any sense to me. I know you got high power people. I know you got people that do that. They get paid a buttload of money, but give me that job. Let me be your guy. I'll be your Huckleberry because this shouldn't be on the main card. But I'm going to go Antigilov on the win there. And it's even money. Minus 108. I think he was the favorite early in the week. So I can see possibly him being the favorite again. But I'm going to go Antigilov. All right, next up. Carla Esparza, the Cookie Monster. She's 16 and 5. She's a plus 134 underdog. She's fighting Marina Hadigas, who's a minus 158. She's 12, 0, and 2. Rodriguez is a savage, right? She's really good on the feet. Her takedown defense is pretty, pretty good. I always bet Carla Sparza. I have an affinity for her. Um, I'm not crazy attracted to her. I know where you're thinking. It's not that. Um, she's pretty, but you know, not my, not my, not my cup of tea. Uh, personally, um, I like you know. Well, we'll get into it later. But Carla Sparza, ever since she won the Ultimate Fighter, she won the won the title. I just thought she was really good. She's good grappling. Her stand up's getting better. I feel like she's been screwed on some of these decisions. Marina Rodriguez, a girl that you need, you need flavor, and she's kind of the new flavor. Stand up's really good. She's 12 and 0 and 2. Um, she has some good wins in the UFC. She's the favorite, rightfully so. But I just can't look past the fact that Carlos Barza, the underdog here, has good wrestling and, and Haiguez. And that's how you gotta say her name. Haiguez is not Rodriguez. I mean, have a little culture in your fucking life. Um, has, you know, a better stand-up game than she does grappling game. Carlos Barza will stand up and eventually take her down. I think she can steal some rounds here. I see a decision happening, and uh, I'm going to go Carlos Barza. I'm going to go underdog again. That's another underdog for you. We're fucking cashing out. 
Uh, I like Esparza, though. I, I think she's a good grappler. I think she's been around for a while, former champion. I think she gets a little shit on a little bit because how she performed against Joanna like 50 fucking years ago. But again, go look at her record. She has a lot of weird decision losses that were very, very close. And I'm a gambling man, so I'm going to gamble that this is going to be another one of those fights of decision and that it's going to be close and fucking Carla's finally going to get a W. Next up, you got uh, this fight. God, this fucking fight. Fabricio will do 23-9-1. She's plus 270. He's a plus 270. I think I might have said she. Following Alexander Gustafsson, who was uh, minus 335 favorite, 18-6. and six. I hate this fight. I hate this fight so much. Um... Gustafson retired, goes up to heavyweight. I've seen footage of him and he's like, look how big of a beast he is. Looks kind of fat to me. He's already a big guy, big, tall, lean guy. He's just adding some size to him. I don't think he's ripped up or anything. I think he's got a little bit of a belly on him. I'm interested to see what he weighs in. Fabrizio Werdum looked like complete shit his last fight out. Obviously, this dude was on some kind of um, little, little cough medicine. Little um, grandpa's old secret sauce. I don't want to get sued, so I'm not going to say the steroid word, but, you know, oops, there it was. Um, listen, he looked absolute trash against Alexi Olenek. He looked slow. He looked fat. He looked big. He lost a split decision, but he looked terrible. Olenek is just a watch, walking punching bag. He's so slow, and somehow we're doomed looks slower. Everyone I know is picking Alexander Gustafsson, but here's my big takeaway. I don't think Gustafsson's that good. I think he can quit. I, he's never fought a heavyweight, as far as my knowledge. I don't know how he's going to carry this weight. If he doesn't knock Werdum out in the beginning of the first round, early in the first round, I think he's going to have a problem. Werdum has decent striking, even though he's slow as shit, right? It looks like he was his arms and legs were cemented before he got in there last time out. He's so elite on the ground, and he's big, and he's thick, and, and, and they've sparred before, and they both have different stories of how that sparring went. So they know each other a little bit, and we're doomed. Um, not one of my favorite guys, so I'm not just kind of talking we're doomed up because he's like one of my guys. He's not. I don't really personally like him. I think he's kind of an asshole. But when you're that big and you're this big of a fan, plus two seventy for one of one of the former greatest heavyweights of all time, and this guy choked out Kane, choked out Fedor, right? Was a former champion. You got to respect him a little bit. I'm gonna go with we're doomed here. That's a big underdog play. This is definitely. Risky business. This is risky business. But the way I feel it, if Werdum gets out of that first round, Gustafsson's never fought at this weight. Again, I want to see what he weighs. If he weighs like 225, then fuck it. I'm wrong, right? Fade me. But if he comes in at like 240, that's a little too big for me. I don't know how how he's going to do that with retiring and being out for as long as he's been out. You know, I, I just, I don't like guys that retire, then jump back in, then retire and jump back in. Werdum... He was out for a while too. Got the Kingstar with Lexi Olenek. I think he's going to take Gustafson down and, 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 and put a clinic. If, if he gets Gustafson down, he will finish. Uh, maybe take the prop as well. Take 270, plus 270. Take that. Take the money line. But also, maybe take the prop of, of we're doing finishing, which I don't have in front of me. I should have done the proper research to get that in front of you. But it is what it is. Um, yeah. So let's go. Co main event. Mauricio Shogun Hua. 26, 11, and 1, minus 198. Favorite, he is fighting Antonio Noguera, Little Nog, plus 160, 23, and 9. The trilogy no one asked for. Uh, Shogun, I believe, is 39, 40. Noguera is 44. Uh, their pride fight was unbelievable. Their UFC fight was eh. This fight needs to happen. I think both guys are retiring after this. Someone gave me a stat. I think it was John Anik on the Anik and Florian podcast. He said Shogun's 4-1-1 one, and one in his last 
like for the past five years. I mean, he fights once a year, but that's kind of impressive. He got slept by Anthony Smith. Before that, he was he was on a nice little tear. Um, I don't remember much of Little Nog's fights. If you know what I mean, I can't remember the last time he fought. He's always hurt. He never fights. I, he has said, "Win, lose, or draw. I'm done after this." Thankfully, um, Shua uh, Shua. I combine it, Shogun and Hua there. Shogun and Hua, a guy that is like literally world-renowned, everyone's favorite fighter. Um, I've never particularly been a huge fan of Shogun. I love his fights. He's exciting. Um, I think he obviously has a lot more left in the gas. I don't really necessarily know if he should retire after this. Little Nog probably should and watch Little Nog go knock him out and, and I'm going to look like an asshole. But I'm going to go Shogun Hua here. I think Shogun Hua is going to win. That says winner. The screen's blocking a little bit. Um, listen, I just, I just think he is a little more left in the tank. I kind of want to see it and I really hope it's an exciting, good fight. Um, but I also, it's going to be a little sad because their first fight was so epic and it was so long ago. These guys have so many miles on them and they're older now. And, uh, yeah, but I, I'm hoping it's an epic and proves everyone wrong. And it's not like a fucking clusterfuck, but yeah, I'm rooting, uh, I'm rooting, rooting, tooting for, uh, for Shogun Hua. All right, main event time. Here we go. Just a fight we all want to talk about. If you've never listened before and it's first time you're listening, first time watching, whatever, I'm a Darren Till guy. He's one of my he's one of my guys. Uh, I love the Scouser from England. The guy, the guy just he, he gets it, right? He gets me, gets it. Longtime fan of him. Uh ups and downs, right? He's fighting Robert Whitaker here. Um, Robert Whitaker, 20 and 5, minus 112 favorite. Uh, Darren Till, 18-2-1, minus 104, underdog. Darren Till was plus money earlier this week. This line is moving like crazy. I see a lot of sharps really on Whitaker. I see a lot of sharps scared of Till but going to take him because of the value. I'm a sharp, okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm as sharp as I get. I know I'm biased, right? And I'll never, ever pick against Darren Till. But I'm gonna break down the fight for you, okay? So Robert Whitaker is a guy who's coming off a horrible loss. Is Yadasani did not look great. Lost his title. He's had a lot of injury problems in his career. Used to fight at 170, went up to 85. Best move of his career. The two Yoel Romero fights scare me, right? Those wars change you. And his fight after his first fight after the Yoel Romero fight was Izzy Adesanya, and he got slapped. He got dropped bad in the first round, and then got put out in the second round. We've never seen Robert Whitaker get put out besides Stephen Thompson at 170, which he blamed on the weight cut. I'm a little worried that those wars took it out of him. Now, he's taking some time off, right? But you don't get cracked by Yo Romero and just forget it, right? He had two wars with him, then got knocked out by Dasanya. Darren Till's slick. Darren Till, a lot of people, it's easy to dislike him, right? I know he doesn't have a world-class resume, but he has fought some really, really good guys. He's looked high class. He went five rounds with Wonderboy Thompson. I don't care what you say. He won the fight. He dropped Wonderboy. Wonderboy, one of the best strikers in the world, knocked out Robert Whitaker. MMA math doesn't work, but if it did, then Darren Till will win this in a landslide. I think Darren Till looked really good against Kevin Gassam, even though he's super nervous. Gassam, a dangerous guy, looked very gun-shy in that fight. I think if Kevin Gassam would open up more, I think Darren Till would open up more. Darren Till's a pretty good counterfighter, doesn't love the lead, um, kind of led with Masvidal and then got and I got starts in that fight. Was doing pretty well in the first round. They got a little overconfident. You can you can say whatever you want. Robert Whitaker is is, is not going to dance around here. Robert Whitaker's going to come after you. Robert Whitaker's got a really nice left hook, almost kind of a jumping left hook that Masvidal knocked out Till with. Till obviously, or I'm assuming, has learned from that, right? Whitaker cracks. Whitaker knocks people out. He, he can find your chin and, and he can hurt you. He's got dynamic striking. It's powerful and he goes for it. He's not going to fucking circle on the outside. He's got decent wrestling. 
But I wouldn't really worry about the wrestling here. I don't think Whitaker's going to really shoot him for a takedown unless he gets hurt. It's going to be a stand-up war. It's going to be aggression, which is what Robert Whitaker is against a little bit of of class. Because I think Darren Till's footwork, his kicks, and his counters are really good. That counter uppercut's great. His left straight hand's fantastic. I think he can find Robert Whitaker's chin here. This is my lock of the night. Darren Till! This almost was my send him home, too. I almost picked Darren Till to knock him out. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, I hope it happens, but uh, who knows? But Darren Till I, I, is going to be a winner. I know I'm a homer. That's my guy. I think he's going to win. I'm going to put money on him. I'm going to put a couple, like, four or five fight units on him. What's up? All right, listen. Uh, first time watching. Thank you. Subscribe to the podcast. MMA Takes Podcast on iTunes, Spotify. Um, if you're listening to this on a podcast, great. If you download the podcast, you'll get all the prelims. I pick all the fights, right? Had some underdog plays on the prelims, so go download the podcast, and uh, that's it. Follow me on social media, and we're out. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.